0: You're listening to Strictly Business podcast with Lindsay Williams.
1: It's Wednesday, so it's time for Wayne on Wednesday with Wayne McCurry, portfolio manager at fmb Wealth and Investment in Johannesburg. Are you in Johannesburg, Wayne, or are you still in Mauritius? Because you, yes, you were there last week.
0: Yes, I am. Yeah, um, I am in Johannesburg. Yes.
1: Okay, good. And you enjoyed your time, and you've come back rejuvenated.
0: Well, I don't know about rejuvenated, but it was certainly a very relaxing time. And it was a great holiday. I, I, I had a lot of fun there.
1: Truly really good. Um, what we have to do uh, at the moment, Wayne, uh, is that time of year where we have, to, we have to review the year. And there are so many things to, to, to talk about. I mean, I've, I've just written a few, few things down in inflation, bonds, equities, obviously, South Africa and the US. But there's been other things going on. But I have to say, and i take my hat off to you now, and I would do if I had a hat and say that you called the peak in inflation maybe Two months early, but you've you, you've called it well because the inflation rate in the United States for the month of November fell to 7.1%. Okay, that's high. And yes, the US Federal Reserve will probably raise rates again, maybe by 50 basis points because yes. it can't be seen to be silly after its disastrous han- handling of the situation um, about a year ago. Um, but you called it, and I presume you're calling it even further down, inflation that is, with implications for the bond markets rather worldwide.
0: Yeah. Look, inflation... Inflation's going to be a little sticky hmm. between now and April as far as I can work it out. I think it'll still fall, but it's not going to fall. Let's say it goes from, let's say it goes to five and a half by April. Yeah. But then by the end of the year, it's going to fall probably to three and a half, three. Eh? It's going to fall rapidly. That's a massive move. Yeah. And that's just, and that's just base effects because that's when the oil price and the food price and, Commodity prices peaked in in April. Between April and June next year, that's when all the peaks happened. So when you start measuring year on year, you start to get the big negatives. Like I mean, oil peaked at almost one hundred and thirty, somewhere around there, mm. and now you're measuring below eighty. I mean, that's a big fall. It's huge. It you know, was that's it, minus thirty, minus forty percent, and foods the same. Mm.
1: Look, food inflation in the UK, I mean, their inflation numbers came out today. The previous month, food inflation for basics, you know, eggs and tea bags, they always say eggs and tea yeah. bags and milk in the UK, because, you know, that's that's a, an English breakfast. That's um, what they survive on, yeah. 16.3% it was, and that's an awful lot of money for, for people. And the thing that people don't quite understand when you watch the BBC and other and Sky News and things is that that 16.3% for basics has a far bigger effect on people with low incomes low income families yes, or even on, we, on benefits than you know people and, and that's, that can afford and that's it. even more shocking
0: mm. Yeah, you know, that's even more shocking when you're used to two percent yeah you know, in south africa if it went to 16 it would be shocking but we know we've had seven eight nine before you know but so yeah it, it must be absolutely devastating uh, Hmm. Because, I mean, I, I watched a bit of I watched a bit of Sky News this morning and I don't normally watch Sky News because British television news news hasn't changed much over the decades. <laughs> what do You mean? Know, there's always a labor issue. Now, there's always a labor issue somewhere. Someone's striking strikes. Yeah. There's always problems with the NHS. Always. Every news broadcast has got a problem with the NHS somewhere in the system. And then normally they talk about the weather. So, I mean, that hasn't changed in three decades. You've left, decades, you've five left five out decades. football,
1: of course. You've left out the, 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 the very, very important matter of yeah, I'm the their about, coverage I'm of football. about news. Well, there is news. I'm talking about news. That's news. I'm talking about news now. That's, that football is news. I mean, the first, uh, at six I'm, o'clock I'm, this I'm, I'm morning, talking Wayne, about news now. The, the BBC's World News this morning, the first story was that Argentina had got through to the final of the World Cup on Sunday, and then, and then they went through the Morocco-France uh, okay, uh, game. Check, so it check, is news.
0: Let's check, check footy in there. Okay, then, then, but anyway, <laughs> so as I was saying, yes. I was watching the Sky News this morning and the railway guys have gone on strike.
1: Uh, the RMP.
0: Because I was gonna take I was gonna take the railways in two weeks' time and I was there no. to go and visit my son. So what I'll have to see he doesn't live far out of London, so I might have to hire a car or take an Uber or do something. But that doesn't matter. But I see they they've now been offered four percent and they're saying no. And I mean I'm not a big union fan. I, I I'm not sure unions add value for the country. But what they do is they look after their, their, their members and that's what they're supposed to do. That's their job. And you sitting you sitting 10, 11% overall inflation and 16% food inflation, our 4% doesn't go far.
1: No, it doesn't Wayne. And I wasn't gonna get into a political or union discussion today. It wasn't on my roughly uh, scribbled script, but I tell you that chap from the RMT union, he's like a cockney, Arthur Scargill from the 70s, he represents his union, he says, my members, you know, we're, we're hard working and we're not getting a fair day's wage and we can't keep up with the, the price of goods and services, so yeah. we demand this, otherwise we're going to strike. I say to him, everybody's going through the same thing, so you strike and there's, yeah. literally you wipe out the, ra- the rail network and what about the person that needs to get on the train who's also a working person, maybe a nurse, yeah, maybe a teacher, and goes on? And I yeah, say, but, no, but, don't be so this... selfish.
0: Let's put that aside. I'll make two quick comments on, on it before we put it aside. Mm-hmm. First of all, um, unions are only there to look after their members. That's it. That's, that's it. Okay. Anyone else in the system, well, that's not their mandate is to look after other people. Their mandate is to look after their members. So, so I actually understand that. And the second thing is, I'm sure we watched the same guy. Cause he's the guy who's been on news yes. and he said this is unacceptable we have to get around the bargaining table and we've got to discuss this because our members you know must be able to eat etc etc now the difference between that in south africa would be we demand otherwise we're going to bring the country to its knees
1: Well, in a certain way, Wayne, only 20% of the rail network was working yesterday and the day before has brought the country to its knees in the UK because logistics and public transport... I live in the Netherlands easy, and I can easy. tell you that public transport is one of the reasons that this country is successful. It's a tiny country, only 17 million people, but the public transport here works and people can get about. You don't have to have a car, you can have a you can have a bicycle, maybe you have a car for special occasions, but you can get on a train, yeah. get on a tram, get on a bus and you it go works. Somewhere, yeah. And so public transport so it has brought and, the country and of to its, its knees. It's, it's, it's relatively easy for
0: public transport in the Netherlands and maybe even in the UK because it's flat. 'cause it's flat. Hmm. It's it's they're not called the low countries for for one for they're called the low countries for a very good reason.
1: Okay, we've had Definitely our political red. No, we've had our yeah, political yeah, red. Yeah. Let's have a look at the short term news before we get into a brief review of the year and also our food year as well. And that is the inflation rate in the United States fell to 7.1%. And we have mentioned that, but the reaction of the market was, again, it was almost strange. as they didn't know how to behave. The bond yields yeah. fell, the S&P soared nearly 3% at one stage. And then gave it all back. And then gave it all back. And I'm looking at my uh, JSE screen and now. Yeah, now it's red today. Yeah, 10, uh, 2% down on the all share as we pre-record this podcast. And it's all, all mine shares, essentially. Well, Two things happened. Right. One was
0: human emotion. They were so happy to see this that they pushed it up 3%. And then, not reality setting, but I suppose you can say reality. uh, All the good news, given the current rally that we've had, is in the price already. Okay. In other words, the market actually shouldn't have rallied. Because if there's any hint that inflation won't fall And let's talk the U.S. now, that inflation won't fall to three, three and a half, four percent by the end of next year. Then we're back in a bear market. Mm. So all the good news is in the price. So I actually expect a little bit of weakness now, not a resumption of the bear market. I expect a little bit of weakness because this rally is too quick and too much. It's been powerful, though.
1: It has. When was the low? So when the was the market recent, market. recent low? The October, S&P. wasn't it? Wasn't it October? I
0: think? October, beginning of October, yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Hit the bottom beginning of October. And then the previous rally was June, which turned out to be a bear market rally. And now it's ready. But it's rallied strongly. Eh? I mean, like our all share essentially is back at all-time highs. It's not far off. Mm. But I still think there's... There's a bit of weakness in mining shares to come. I think there's been too much uh, you know, unjustified euphoria in mining shares, and I think that's where the weakness could be.
1: Is it to be before we you go on, enough, sorry, to, sorry to interrupt you while it's yeah. in my mind, because the mining production figures came out from the Republic of South Africa yesterday and showed a 10.4% fall, which is staggering. It's an amazing... Fall and although the resources index, again, as we pre-record, is only 3.4% weaker, it was, um, it was worse than that. Is it to do with uh, local issues as well as the anticipation that resources no, will I fall because
0: of the re- looming global. recession? Excuse you me. You must remember, put aside Anglo, put aside Anglo American and M. Hmm.
1: These
0: are global companies. They have got very small exposure to South Africa.
1: So it's a global issue. Very small exposure.
0: This is a global issue. Hmm. And even Amplats, I don't think their production is down because they issued guidance quite recently and there was no shocker there. The reason why it's down is that Transnet went on strike and you couldn't transport iron ore and coal. Hmm. And the guys had to cut back on production because their stockpiles are full. And they told us about that. So that will come onto a positive trend off that base in the next month because Transnet is back at working, if you can call it working. No, this is a global issue. Okay. These, these companies, other than, other than Anglo-American stroke and platts, these companies' SA exposures is
1: minimal, to say the least. Answer me this question. Is it uh, an anticipatory move because of the anticipation of a global recession and therefore lack of demand for resources? No, that
0: be, that's in the news already. We, everyone knows this. So this why are, are they the falling? News because news because
1: news. the commodity prices are doing nothing because today. They've
0: just gone up too quickly. Hmm. They've just gone up too quickly, too soon. And I think it's a pure market reaction. The rally's been way stronger, I mean, way stronger than I think anyone anticipated. So, yeah, I think this is purely the market's run up too quick, too fast, and it's got to take its breath a little bit. But then should it do that, then we must buy again. So if we're lucky enough and get minus 10, minus 15 mining shares, we must buy them strongly.
1: So you're, lurking, you're a lurking I, buyer. I, are you and in your institution for which you work, you're lurking buyers, are you? If we get some weakness, yes. Mm, and I mean,
0: mean I, 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 I won't be in the investment game if this comes to fruition, but I think the next 10 years is going to be a mining shares decade. I think it's going to be mining and commodity and resources. I think it's going to trump everything else. Tech shares, the whole lot, chuck them all
1: together, I think it's going to trump it. I think you'll be here in 10 years. I if mean, you, open, you've yeah. just been to Mauritius and instead of paddling on the beach, you were working. Instead of yeah, having. years, I'm only working seafood, two years, seafood I'm, I'm, I'm only going to
0: be working. I'm only, I'm only going to be working another two years. That's it. Then I'm calling it a day. Then I'm 65. Mm. And then I'm calling it a day.
1: So who am I going to speak to on a Wednesday so said, afternoon? You'll have to find
0: some other character, because Shapiro will probably also call it. Although oh, Shapiro doesn't get old. No, older. please. I mean, he'll be, he'll be, he'll be. He's like who was that character, Methuselah. <laughs> he's, 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 he's a modern day. Because he, he never gets old. He's. So he'll still be around in forty years. It's nothing to do, do with getting old.
1: He, he could be on, on his on, on his deathbed. And I'll phone him up, and he'll take his respirator off, and I'll say, David, I, 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 my, Wayne McCary's not here anymore. Can you, can you possibly speak to me? And he'll say, yeah, because he likes the limelight. No, I'm, I'm,
0: no, no I, I get you, but no, in two years' time, that's it. I, I would have done my stint then, and I'll be <laughs> thinking about it. And yeah. Obviously, as you get older, you think about this more and more. Yes. And the things that I'm going to find truly joyous when I do eventually retire... It's not having to change my password on my computer every month. Not having to wonder where my access card is. Is that that
1: the extent of your looking forward to retirement, a a password? No, no, I've got plenty of positives,
0: plenty of positives, but those will be truly joyous occasions when I'm not formally working anymore. So I don't have to worry where's my access card. I must change my computer. Password. I don't have to carry a computer bag around with me. Is that what These it is? These are the things I find truly annoying.
1: Oh, they're very annoying. You yeah, know, they're they're an encumbrance rather than uh, um, they don't enhance your life. They encumber you. No. I, always...
0: and I can remember the old days, the old days, the old days where you just went to walk and went to work and walked in the front door. Now I had an issue last week, week before last. Mm-hmm. I couldn't find my access card. Now I'm so meticulous about these things because it drives me insane. It
1: doesn't doesn't and sound like
0: it. it. Yeah, I know. I know. I got you on that. I I I'm normally so good at keeping it in the center console in my car. Right. And I got to the security gate and I opened the center center console, and it's a goner.
1: Mm.
0: It's not there. Where was it? My goodness. I haven't found yet had to get a new one. But now I've been working for the same company and its predecessors and companies that they've taken over. But I've been working for the same group since 1988.
1: Hmm. That's when I moved to South Africa. I moved there in February 88. So you and I have some sort of synchronicity here. Okay, go on. To
0: get a card, you had to jump through... The O's won't let you in to park your car. You've got to park on the pavement and then go and get you go walk in and get your card. Anyway, I've, I've, I've put it behind me. I've put it behind me. I've got a new card now, and so it should all be good. And hopefully I don't lose that within the next two years, that I have to go through that particular uh, uh, ordeal again to get another card. But I said, I remember the old days we just walked in the front door. <laughs> and people said hello and he said hi guys. How's it all going? Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Do, do you know what? In
1: 1988, talk well, you, you're talking about that. In 1988, I, I arrived in South Africa and I was given a, a BMW motor car as a company car, and the office that uh, that uh, the, the, the company uh, occupied at the time was in the Twin Towers west of Sandton City. Okay. Yes and I it was very prestigious it was at the time yeah and there were no parking spaces because it was it was so well populated by you know financial services companies and other companies i used yeah. to have to park across the road and you know the michelangelo hotel yes it wasn't there it was a mm. field i would go down a dusty track and park in the field and walk across the road uh, past the Saint and yeah. sun hotel up the escalators to the twin towers west it was extraordinary, now look at this place.
0: Yeah, yeah, and you look at it now, yeah, yeah. Now I got you, I got you on that, I mean, I moved up to Joburg, beginning of 88, and LifeGrow, which was bought by Momentum, which was bought by R&B, which became 1st Rand, mm. had just built what is now the Investec building opposite the Holiday Inns. Oh, yeah. And they had just bought up five or 10 houses and demolished them to build that. So when I moved up to Joburg, it was Sandton City, the Lifegrove building, and then mainly residential houses in that area. The hotel was there.
1: And that was Donnie Gordon, wasn't it, It did that with, at Liberty Life? Yes, he did that at Liberty Life. Yeah, he did
0: extremely well there, but then unfortunately he went overseas and- Messed it up. Didn't do so well there.
1: Yeah.
0: Because what did he had Sun insurance, we didn't work, and then he got into the property, and you can argue it's going through tough times now, and maybe we're far too harsh, but capital and counties, which eventually ended up being called what he established there, I mean, it's going through tough times now, and they're going to merge with Shaftesbury, I think, but that is proper quality, that uh, property portfolio.
1: Anyway, let's, um, let's stop reminiscing, because we're sounding really old now, Wayne, and let's um, talk about- well, well Wayne, I, I spoke to my doctor the other day and she said Lindsay sixty is the new fifty. You're in you're in you're in fine shape apart from the fact you can't breathe and you've got COVID. She said you're in fine shape. I said thank you very much, doctor. Um, but anyway, let's look back at the year and the equities. We've spoken about inflation yes. and so we know the reaction of the bond market because they the two are go hand in hand but in the opposite direction. Yes. So let's have a look at south african equities and how your year has been for your investors please wayne
0: we haven't done too badly this year actually we we haven't hit a, a disaster this year thank goodness for that so that's been quite good and we run we run fairly boring well diversified portfolios which in fact is the only type of portfolio anyone should ever run is a boring, well-diversified portfolio. And we've done quite well because we've had big bank exposure. The last two months, we haven't had the resources, but they seem to be giving all of that back now.
1: Yeah.
0: And the banks have done us well, and we've got. No, we've, got yeah, we've done
1: reasonably well. That's good. And, 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 so we're quite,
0: we're quite happy with the performance. We didn't, we didn't get caught on the tech shares massively. I mean, everyone was caught on tech, but we weren't caught massively on tech shares. A big collapse in u.s tech um yeah we've done that we've done reasonably well this year right? we've done okay
1: huh? and um, south african versus u.s stocks i mean I'm, I'm, i want you to tell us the secrets of the the sort of allocation you would have but if i was to uh, to give you 100 rand for example what would be the split would you put everything that you were allowed to overseas and the rest yeah. in south african equities how would it work
0: no I would be overweight South African equities because I think the RAND is going to strengthen quite quite materially over the next year, year and a half. Hmm. I know it sounds outrageous, but I think we could see 15 or 1550 within the next year, 18 months. So that's for that one reason I wouldn't go overseas. But should we see some strength and US tech hasn't rallied, I would put some money into US tech, but the big bet is on commodity shares.
1: Oh, that's interesting. that's I'm hoping Is that a company companies. consensus, or is that Wayne McCurry uh, waiting to go to the New year's meeting and saying this is what I think is going to happen over the next couple of years? No,
0: we've spoken about it We've, we've spoken about it before mm. um, I wouldn't say it's entire cons- wouldn't say it's consensus yet, but I think that if, if we do get some share price weakness, it will be consensus. What is consensus within our company? is the view that emerging markets are going to do significantly better over the next 10 years Hmm. compared to developed markets than the previous 10 years. That is consensus. That's interesting because
1: not all emerging markets or developing world markets are created equally. I mean, you can have Vietnam or Indonesia Hmm. and South Africa, and they're all emerging markets, I think. Uh, yeah, we'll go so you the have to be specific, producer. don't you?
0: You're you, more, you know, more correctly the commodity shares the commodity producers, okay. and the commodity currencies.
1: Understood. Okay, so what you've said before about commodities, that's your big bet or potentially your big bet if the other chaps and other colleagues agree with you. Okay, good. Look, now, yeah, I, I mean, understand. obviously,
0: the, one of the big discussion points, one of the big discussion points this year is tech. Mm. I mean, tech has imploded. Now, these are good, solid companies. The majority of them with massively strong balance sheets and massively strong cash flows. But they're just going to the difference now compared to previous years is they're now just going to be valued on fundamentals and not on hype. Hmm. So a, they will still do that's well, a good point. but nothing like they've done in the past. They are now just companies. In other words, you're not buying Elon Musk. Dividends.
1: You're not buying yeah. Elon Musk, you're buying Tesla or selling Tesla. That's what you're saying, for example.
0: Well, we didn't have Tesla. We wouldn't, no, but you know what Tesla. I mean. Hmm. But yes, exactly. that. We're not just buying tech because it's tech. Yes. In other words, we're not just buying because it went up 50% last year, which, by the way, well, let's talk a little bit philosophically about investments now. There are essentially two type of investors. Number one. There's the people who buy shares because they went up 50% last year.
1: Fear of missing out.
0: And those are called momentum or growth investors. Hmm. And there's people who buy shares because they went down 50% last year. Uh. And those are called value investors. Now, a growth investor mm. has seven happy years and one catastrophic year (laughs) where they want to jump off buildings. And then a, a, a value investor has seven, not catastrophic, but seven down and out years sitting in the doldrums. And no one wants to know who you are. And you are almost a pariah because you're a growth investor. And then you have one or two killer years where you are king. So that's that's a summary of investment styles.
1: That's a very, very succinct and um, uh, thought-provoking a summary. And I suppose you sort of it, it you can investor, can come what, somewhere in the middle, try- don't you? I, I suppose, Wayne.
0: I, I hope so. I hope so. I hope I can differentiate between a growth phase and a value phase. And, and by the way, neither one's a winner. Eh? Over time, they probably deliver very similar returns, depending, of course, of the time period that you're measuring them over. That is critically important, your start date and end date. But I would think over time, neither of those two styles is an absolute outright winner at all. And I, in fact, think over time, active management versus buying an index, there's no absolute winner there either over time. Um, but But... But guess which one Shapiro is?
1: I think it, I was going to mention him, but also I was going to talk about somebody else. But I don't want to talk about him behind his back because there's a deep uh, value investor in South Africa. who's quite um, active on social media, for, for example. I mean, you know who it is, but I don't want to say it because that would be rude of me. Hmm. But Shapiro, of course, is the growth boy. He's ultimate growth guy. Hmm. I know.
0: And as I said, he has, he, has, he has seven
1: happy years and then one very sad. He's always having a happy year. Even if he's having a bad no, year, he goes out yeah. to lunch. Yeah, he has fun. Um, wait, yeah, uh, you yeah, go out to lunch. But you we, know,
0: Shapiro, I must actually chat to Shapiro next, next time I see him.
1: Yeah.
0: We haven't had a lunch for two years. Mm. Yeah. The second December now where we haven't had a lunch.
1: Well, he's in Australia. He he,
0: he, he gads about. He's a gad yeah, about. I know he's there now. I know he's... He's he's a gallivanter. Shapiro is always gallivanting mm. somewhere.
1: You better get him before you retire, because before you know it, you'll forget about him. But he'd he'd love to. I mean, if I can get over there, gosh, I'd love to be a fly on the wall, listening to you two talking about lunches and things like that. Um, Christmas is coming. We have spoken a little bit about uh, your food preferences for for this uh, this time of year. You're going to be in the United Kingdom. And so they do things slightly differently. And because of the weather, there will be a slightly different menu. Do you know what's going on here in the Netherlands at the moment? And it's, it's international channels that I watch. I watch about three different food channels when I'm bored, which is often. Yeah. And they've all got these incredible Christmas menu things. And there was a chap yesterday, he's called James Martin. He's an Englishman who loves his food. And he's an okay chef. I mean, he's not brilliant. He's okay, and he went to a Welsh uh, farm stall and got a piece of Welsh lamb, a leg of Welsh lamb, and Welsh lamb is probably the best in the world. And well, maybe Karoo lamb is better, but anyway, uh, the Welsh
0: lamb is good. I can't, yeah, you can't fault it. I can't, I can't talk about Welsh lamb, Welsh Welsh lamb, but Karoo
1: lamb is good. When you're in the UK, go to the supermarket or your butcher and get some Welsh lamb. But anyway. It was deboned and then it was sort of opened up and almost flattened. And what he did was he got his yep. Magimix blender out and he put in mint and he put in parsley, he put in hazelnuts, he put in uh, fresh breadcrumbs, garlic an egg and a big spoonful of mustard. And he zipped it all up mm. in, in, the, in the blender and he made it into the, almost like this pesto. And he opened up the lamb yes. at, at, with, with the skin down obviously. And, and then he rubbed it all in there and rolled it up and tied it up with string. Oh, it sounds delicious. Oh, goodness me, Wayne. You've it no idea. It sounds delicious. And I, I, every time I turn now, on the TV, there's some blasted chef tempting me and I get hungry. Like, I'm get hungry. i getting hungry yeah, I know, now thinking about why,
0: it. You have two things. Number one, mm. never go and shop when you're hungry. I'll <sighs> tell you what. Because then you just buy any junk that's there. Mm. So you must actually go for a meal before you go shopping, and then you'll buy half the stuff you would have bought if you went hungry. Second thing is I'm gonna come back to my favorite establishment in Johannesburg, the one I go to every every Sunday. Every Sunday,
1: 12 o'clock.
0: We Monday. had a little pre-Christmas lunch the Sunday before I went over. We went to Mauritius. So yes. not last Sunday, the Sunday before that. Okay. And we did a and they did I don't like turkey but they do turkey it is so succulent and we had turkey and stuffing and gammon with the cranberry Mm. jelly and the and the the roast potatoes and the yorkshire pudding and some crackling because you always have that Mm. but their their turkey is it is so you i don't said i don't like turkey it's normally dry Dry,
1: it's dry once
0: i went to a yeah, once I went to a person's house, mm-hmm. and for a special treat, for whatever reason, they bride on a bright face, turkey drumsticks. Mm-hmm. They were awful. You could have bludgeoned someone to death with them. They were so big <laughs> and so hard. But these guys where we go to, they can do turkey. And then every year, we have a little Christmas thing there, and they do the Christmas lunch for us. And we invite a couple of our friends and we have a grand old time. And the, at the, the people at the establishment where we go to, we buy them each little little token presents for Christmas to say thank you for all the good food and all the fun we've had there. But the most important people are the three ladies in the kitchen. Yes. Because they produce the magic. And what do you give to them? And they and, and they and we also gave them presents and everything. Mm. But they, they like what we would call back office people. You don't see them in the front of the shop after, in the front of the restaurant, but they the people who actually pr- produce the magic.
1: Yeah. The unsung heroes, say, in is, other words.
0: The unsung heroes. So, so we've had two there this year so far. Mm. We had a Christmas in July and this little Christmas.
1: Okay. And just very finally, because you're going to be in the Northern Hemisphere, probably for Christmas, what have you got planned? Because obviously you're going to be involved in the menu selection. And they'll be
0: flying Christmas night. Oh, really? Flying Christmas night. We're oh. going to friends for Christmas lunch, and, and and I must say, this lady we were going to we've been to before a couple of years ago. She can do gammon.
1: Mm. I must say, I've, I'm looking forward to it. Sounds like it. Yeah, you're a good trencherman, as they say, in England. Wayne, are you around next Wednesday, just in case I'm bored and need to speak to somebody? Yes, I'm around. fellow spirit. Okay. Uh, thank you very I'm much. America. Because I was going to wish a you King Merry spirit, Christmas, yeah. but I'm not going to because we're going to speak next Wednesday. Wayne McCurry is a portfolio manager at f Wealth and Investment in Johannesburg. And that was Wayne on Wednesday. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position